We are going to be in the book of Jude tonight. So if you are staying in the auditorium with me, go ahead and take out your Bibles, turn to the book of Jude. Uh, I have been, uh, well, I'll tell you first of all that my, my family is at home tonight sick. Um, Candace and Carter both have fevers tonight. My wife's feeling okay, but obviously uh, I can't put them in the nursery tonight, and so she's at home with them. I will say I've been enjoying the day as a bachelor. Um, if you've had children and then spent a day without being followed around or holding hands with the children, you realize like how much more you can get done without taking them around with you. How many of you have been there before? You understand what I'm feeling? So I felt like the centurion today in, in the beginning of Matthew where he turns to Jesus and he says, you know, uh, I, I rule men and uh, if, if I tell a man to go, he goes and say to do, he does it. And um, it, it, I felt like that today. I felt like I told myself to go and I went. And I told myself to do, and I did it, you know, and I, I accomplished all this extra stuff. And so, uh, man, it's, it's nice. It's nice sometimes. So my wife's watching at home, so I've been enjoying the day. It's been a good day. She knows I'm joking, though. She knows I love her. So, um, But I appreciate your prayers for them as they start feeling better. Hopefully we'll be feeling better in the next few days. Um, we're going to uh, start in the book of Jude, but before we do, um, I just briefly want to mention, uh, you know, when I, when I read through the Bible and I encounter... Uh, stories from usually the book of Acts, you find the early Christians who have adopted uh, Christianity and they've taken faith by storm and they've started uh, proclaiming the name of Christ throughout the region. Um, and it's hard to read the book of Acts without really being inspired by the work that they do um, in encountering Christ and then not filtering their truth or what they believe or what they do through their own personal experiences or uh, whatever religion they had before, but instead openly adhering to what Christ has preached and what the apostles' doctrine are brought in and uh, the disciples and all, all who influence them, they openly and rigidly adopt that truth. And then we see the principles that they apply and how it affects the entire region um, that they're able to influence for Christ. And we see throughout the book of Acts, and I'm just going to read a couple of quick verses here, um, but we see the way that the believers followed the plan of God, and as a result of following the plan that he has set in place, uh, they were able to see great multitudes come to him. Just a couple of quick verses. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42 says, And daily in the temple and in every house, see that word daily? Isn't that interesting? Every day they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. You look at Acts chapter 2, verse 47, it says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now, if you go through the book of Acts and you try to calculate how many people have gotten saved throughout the book of Acts and through the disciples and through their, uh, their multiplication that occurs with uh, every person in the church taking the doctrine of Christ and going out into their community and sharing their faith and finding their neighbors and finding their family members, you find hundreds of thousands of people that get saved just in the book of Acts, just in a few short years, just in a very small amount of time over the course of this world, a very small minutia of people who just took the Bible literally, applied it, and almost won the world to Christ. It's incredible. It is incredible. Now, how different would our world look if we could do the same thing? How different would our world look if we could take the doctrine of the Bible, truly, truly live it out in our lives, truly adhere to what the Bible says, change us to match the Bible instead of trying to do the opposite? How different would our lives look, first of all, and as a result, how different would our world look? 
We are in a day and age filled with apostasy. Now we know the end times. I, I truly believe the end times are near. And I've, I've debated with some of you one-on-one about how long we have until uh, Christ returns. And, and I think we could have that debate. I'm not going to do that tonight. Don't worry. Some of you got scared for a second there. But I do believe we are nearing the end times. And although I'm unwilling to put a date on it because the Bible says no man may know, I do believe that we are, we are closing in quickly on the rapture. And praise the Lord, we'll be able to go home with Christ. But until then, we have a responsibility. And in our responsibility, we have actions that we must take, things that we must do, and a way that we ought to live. And so our goal tonight is to, to take a look at the church in, in Acts, but we're going to do so through a, a later portion of Scripture, and we're going to look at the, the book of Jude, um, and try to find some principles that we can apply in our lives so that in doing so, we can embody what the people, the, the church, was doing in Acts, the early church, in order to establish here and now in Oregon City, uh, in Beaver Creek, Oregon, in the surrounding communities and in our neighborhoods and in the places that we work and the places that we live, um, so that we can together band together in order to accomplish a great work for Christ. And so that's our goal tonight. And so with that in mind, um, I want to start with a word of prayer. you guys mind if I start with a word of prayer? Let's, every head bowed, every eye closed, let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for what you've done for us, God. And we can't help but look at our lives, the things that you've brought into our lives, the people that you've allowed to, to come into our lives and to influence us and to change us. Lord, the people that we love, the people that we care about. And God, you've done so many great things for us. Tonight, God, we're reminded of things that we're supposed to do for you. Things that you've called us to. Actions that we're supposed to take part in. And a people group that we're supposed to, to be a part of. And to, to really dig into the local church and to be a part of it, God. And I pray, Lord, as we take a look at Christianity and at our faith, that you would inspire us to, to act differently. To not compartmentalize our lives. To not live one way on the weekend and a different way throughout the week. But God, in order to, to truly be the salt and light that we're supposed to be in a lost and dying world, I pray that you would just work on our hearts tonight. Exhort us, God, to be different than what we have been. So that we may reach this world for Christ. And we'll give you the honor and praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. There is a plan that God wants us to follow as we live our lives as Christians. There's a plan. God promises to build his church. We've got to follow the plan. Let's take a look at the book of Jude. Now, Jude was a brother of Christ, as far as we know, and history is a little, uh, a little gray on the details, and so we're not 100% certain, but as best we can understand, Jude was a brother of James, um, and we know James to be the brother of Christ. And so as, to the best of our knowledge, we believe Jude is a brother of Christ. And so um, after the resurrection, Jude would have converted to Christianity, seeing his own brother there in the flesh, and uh, would have changed his mind about whatever he believed about Christ prior to that. Um, but in so doing, he ends up converting to Christianity and becomes a writer of a book here, and he encourages Christians um, and exhorts them to uh, be careful about the things that they're doing. He warns the church against those things that endanger the faith of believers. We're going to take a look at three verses, or four verses, starting in verse 20 tonight. Um, and I'm going to read them, and then we're going to go back through them and find the principles that then we can adhere to as we work to pursue Christ and what he wants to do in our community. Start at verse 20. The Bible says, But ye beloved, 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Jude outlines here for us tonight, if you're taking notes and you want to write down a title, he outlines for us three duties for every believer in a growing church. Three duties for every believer in a growing church. The Bible says in verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves. Our first point tonight is going to be building up yourselves. Uh, Building up here means to rear up. It means to establish. It means to develop the body of Christ over time. Our job is to build up. Uh, recently, we did a series through the book of Nehemiah, and we talked about building the wall and, and how the Jews would come together and they would together work to build the wall around Jerusalem. And likewise, in our lives, in our communities, in our church, we have a responsibility to build up ourselves, build ourselves up. Uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, uh, looking at verse uh, chapter 3, verses 9 through 13, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So we see through the responsibility of the church that its members are supposed to band together to build up the church. Now, this starts with building up yourselves, but it continues into building up others. Now, I am thankful for in my life the people who have come together, they've band together in order to build up a young person like me. And I can look back over my life and I can name you person after person after person, Sunday school teachers and uh, men and, and ladies who have have taken time out of their week, who, who have sacrificed on their own to influence me. And likewise, I believe probably if we were to sit and talk and we were to share thoughts about this, th- about this topic, I think every person in here could point to at least one person, but probably many of you, many people in your life who have band together, have worked to uh, help build you up into the Christian that you've become. We have a responsibility, by the way, to do that for others. We have a responsibility to stand in the gap for those who need uh, someone in that spot. You know, we look at intercession and how uh, Abraham was given by God a, a directive to, uh, to intercede for Lot. And it's, it's amazing if you read through that story, and I'm not going to uh, get embroiled in that right now. But understanding that intercession is a necessary part of Christianity. We have a responsibility to intercede for those around us. We have a responsibility to build up the body of Christ. Now, this happens uh, through exhortation um, and through edification. The Bible says, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so, we ought to build up ourselves. Look at verse 20 here. It says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. There's a way that we're supposed to build ourselves up. Starting with our most holy faith. You know, we should share what God is doing in our life. That's the greatest way we can build up the local church. 
That's the greatest way that we can be a testimony to the people around us is by sharing with others what God is doing in our lives. How many of you have experienced someone, a, a testimony from someone who has just shared with you, man, I just got to tell you what God has done. And, and just through their testimony, you've been inspired by what God is doing Amen. and encouraged by what God has, is doing in the works of the lives around you. And we have that responsibility for others. We have the responsibility to stand and build up the body of Christ. And we do that through our faith. How much edification and exhortation happens by judgment? How often are we guilty as Christians of of standing up and trying to build up the local church, but doing so through judgment? Hey, you ought to. Why are you doing that? Come on. Be better. How often... Are we respond, or how, how often are we guilty of having this attitude and mentality about they should be better, they should be fixed, let me tell them what they're doing wrong, let me correct them, let me change them, let me stand in the Holy Spirit's place in their life and tell them what they should do? When God has called us to build up the church by our faith. Build up by our faith. That's our responsibility. We, we are not the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility to build up the church, and we do so through our faith. By our faith, as the Bible says. Now, I'm not saying that exhortation shouldn't happen. I'm not saying sometimes people aren't walking down a road where they need somebody to, to kind of remind them that they're going the wrong way. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying, in a situation where you don't have a, a relationship with someone, but you see that they need something extra, a testimony of what God is doing in your life can go a whole lot further than the judgment that they'll feel. It can go a whole lot farther. See, God has has put spiritual leaders in our lives, people that we trust. And uh, these spiritual leaders have that responsibility to, man, sometimes slap us across the face. you you got to do better. I, I know I've gotten some of those. And I needed them. And likewise, you probably have too, where you just needed somebody to just, you know, hey, you got to do better. But, for, for many of us, with those that we do not have that relationship with, we have to be so, so careful. People are often looking for a reason to leave Christ, to leave the church, to swear off of everything that Christianity is. And it's amazing sometimes what people will allow to cause that bitterness in their life. And we've got to be so, so careful. So careful. And so approach every situation with prayer. Please be careful as you, as you build up the body of Christ. Do so the way that God asks us to. Do it by our faith. The Bible also says, verse 20, to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I've alluded to this already, but the, the Bible says to continue instant in prayer. And so in every situation, we should find ourselves consistently and always praying about every situation. Pray under the, the guidance and the influence of the Holy Ghost. You know, our prayers can be so selfish, can be so self-centered and, and focused on our needs and the things that we're going through and the problems that we're facing. You know, I, I like to ask our young adults, how many of the prayers that you're praying right now could be solved by an additional $1,000 in your life? The reason I like to ask that is because for many of us, it's all of them. It's all of them. Because we become so self-centered. And God has called us to more. God calls us to intercede. 
You know, if you're truly interceding on behalf of someone, $1,000 isn't going to fix that. If you're truly praying in the Holy Spirit and seeing the needs of the people around you and, and understanding how great God wants to work in a person's life, how much he wants to do in their life, you're going to see things through a different perspective that causes you to act differently, to pray differently, and to build up the body of Christ differently. So we have a responsibility tonight to build up ourselves. We do so, as we've said, by building up others on our faith, and secondly, through praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I, something that I try to do, and maybe, you, maybe this is something you can apply in your lives, and, and I'm definitely not perfect at it, but I try any time that somebody comes to my mind. I, I take that as in faith that God has put that person on my mind. I try to pray for them. Um, sometimes I'll even send them a text message if I feel like it's especially pertinent. But I, I've learned that sometimes the Holy Spirit has something that someone is going through. You know, if you read through, and, and Brother TJ and I were talking about this truth just recently, but uh, if you read through the story of Abraham and how uh, he intercedes for Lot there in, in, in uh, Genesis, I think it's chapter 18, you'll read that story and realize that Christ asked if I should tell Abraham about what's about to happen to Lot. And God only asked himself that because he knew that Abraham would intercede. So sometimes God has someone in your life that needs prayer. And he's going to bring them across your mind. And you're going to miss the opportunity to intercede for them, even though that's the specific reason that God brought them across your mind. Hey, Christian, don't be guilty of thinking, man, I haven't seen that person in church. Man, getting self-righteous. They should be doing better. Man, I, I just like to tell that guy what I think of him. You know, he's going through some tough stuff. Let's, let's pray for those people. Let's find that opportunity that God brings that person across our path, across our mind, to just spend time in prayer for that person. And I think you'll be encouraged by what God has done. And, and the Holy Spirit will work in those times to bring the right people to mind. I, I can't tell you how many times I've sent a text message to someone just randomly and thought, I, I don't know why I'm texting this person. I don't know why I'm thinking about this person. I'll send them a text message and they'll be like, I needed that. I needed that right now. I, I, I can't believe that you I, I can't believe that you reached out to me right now and, and just the way that they, they respond to that. It's it's not me. That's not something that I've done. It's something that God does. And if you will learn to respond to the Holy Ghost, you'll be amazed at what God can do by building up his church. Let's continue. Verse twenty one. The Bible says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. We have a responsibility, first of all, to, uh, to build up ourselves. Secondly, we have a responsibility to keep ourselves. Keeping here means to guard or to observe or hold fast. We're supposed to hold fast to, first of all, the love of God here in our passage. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Uh, Joshua 23 verse 11 says, Take good heed there unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God. You know... God never moves away from us. He never does. But we will move away from him. We're all little prodigal sons. One step away, ten steps away, a mile away, ten miles away. We're all in a process of walking away from the Lord. And taking heed to ourselves is our responsibility. Continuing in the, in the work of the Lord. Keeping ourselves in his love. That's our job as Christians. We, we have to build up the church, but we also have to keep ourselves. We've got to stay in tune with him. 
You know, uh, uh, for, for the young adults, of course, I'm the, I'm the young adult pastor here at Grandview, but one of the things I, I teach about being in a long-distance relationship, and you'll find that uh, often with young adults and technology and things, young adult, or uh, long-distance relationships have become more commonplace. Um, but I encourage them, if they're in a long-distance relationship, to take the time every day to connect with the other person. Now, that, that makes perfect sense. You know, you, you want to stay up to date on what's going on in their life, and that connection doesn't have to be hours long, but connection needs to take place. And so often I'll encourage them to, to get in the habit of texting or, or following up by email or uh, sending a letter or calling by voice or whatever it is. Um, but encouraging them to connect daily so that they can maintain a good relationship. Now, it goes without saying, but shouldn't we do the same thing with Christ? Shouldn't we do the same thing for Christ? We have a relationship with the God who created us, the God who redeemed us. We have a relationship with him, and so often we don't pick up the phone. We don't call. We don't text. You ever had family members that uh, you'll call them after not hearing from them for a while, and they say, why don't you ever call anymore? say, well, that phone goes both ways, you know. Okay, God hasn't moved away. God hasn't moved away. God hasn't stopped trying to talk to us. We've just stopped listening. We've stopped picking up the phone. We've stopped responding to what God is trying to tell us. And so can I encourage us tonight, as we're, as we're looking at things that we're supposed to do, we're supposed to take heed to ourselves. Keep ourselves in the love of God. You know that love for God converts into love for others. Love for God converts into love for others. Can I say, if you're having uh, uh, problems with the people around you and you feel like you're constantly under pressure and you're, you're fighting and you're just struggling to, I don't know why this person's always so upset and angry and they just make me so mad and I'm just so frustrated and you're just, the more you think about it, the more upset you get. Our love for Christ converts into love for others. I'd encourage you to check your relationship. Check yourself. Literally, the Bible says, keep yourself. Take heed unto thyself. Make sure that you're continuing in what God would have you to do. Check your relationship. Are you spending time with God daily? Are you daily reaching out to Him? Are you daily fixating on God's Word, applying it to your lives, meditating thereon? The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. I cannot love like I ought unless I connect daily with the God who is love. I cannot love like I ought unless I connect daily with the God who is love. You know, and this this connection here that I'm talking about, it's not touching base. It's not touching base. God, this is what's going on in my life. Thanks for listening. You know, Adam and Eve... Walking with God in the garden, spending time with Him, getting to know God. Do you, do you ever just try to get to know God in your prayers? God, tell me about yourself. What, what do you like? What do you dislike? You, you have assumptions about God, you realize. And those assumptions may be wrong. Just like you, if you started a relationship, you may have assumptions about that other person and have gotten them completely wrong. You ever met someone that you had pegged ahead of time and you thought, man, I know who this person is, and you start talking and you realize, wow, we're going to be best friends. You ever been there? Yeah, and sometimes with God, we have this preconceived notion about who he is, what he thinks, how he acts, and what we'll find out is if we'll develop a relationship with him 
we'll find a God who loves us, who cares about us, who wants to be involved in our daily lives, who has a work for us to do, who gives us purpose, and a God who can do great things in our lives if we'll let him. Secondly, under keep yourselves, verse 21, look, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. First of all, hold fast to the love of God. Secondly, look for the mercy of God unto eternal life. Being vigilant for God's mercy. Are you watchful in the situations of life for those that are in need of salvation? There are people everywhere that we encounter that do not know Christ as their personal Savior. Do not know for sure if they died today, they'd go to heaven. Are you vigilant for them? Are you watching always for an opportunity to share the mercy of God with those that you encounter? I think this typifies the the local church in, in the book of Acts, the early church. They were always looking for someone who did not know Christ as their Savior, had not heard of Christ, and did not know what God had done for them. So many people that we encounter, um, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest, and many times if you were to go soul winning in the Midwest, you'd find people who were familiar with all of the facets of Christianity. They knew the stories. They knew about Adam and Eve. They knew about David and Goliath. They'd heard about Christ, and uh, they'd heard about his death on the cross, and they knew some of these things. But as I've moved west, what I've discovered is many people have no foundation in, in Christianity. They don't know anything about Christ. They don't know anything about God. I'll say, Adam and Eve, just in conversation, they'll go, who's that? Am I I supposed to know who that person is? I'll talk about Jesus dying on the cross, and they'll say, cross? Uh, And I've literally literally pulled up pictures of a cross on my phone, because how do you describe a cross to someone who's never seen a cross? It's incredible how our, 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 uh, our people that we can encounter today, living in the United States, do not know anything about the Bible. And by the way, that's a failure on Christians. That's not a failure on our education system. God didn't give the church to the schools. He didn't give, he didn't give the Bible to the, to the government. He didn't do it. He didn't. Now, praise the Lord, we live in a country that was founded on Christian principles. But the Bible is not the government's responsibility. It's the church's responsibility. And it's our responsibility. And as a Christian... The Bible and spreading it and making sure that people know what's going on in the Bible, that's not for the government to take care of. That's not for an unsaved public school teacher to teach. That's our job. That's our job. Hey, I don't, man, I'm I'm proud. This is an unpopular opinion. I don't want an unsaved public school teacher teaching the Bible. They're not going to do a good job with it. They're going to teach it with a bias. A bias that says, this is fake, this is false, I have to say it because it's required in my job description, don't believe this, it's idiotic. That's a public school teacher teaching the Bible. Hey, we, as Christians, we have the responsibility to share God. Hey, Christians, in the balcony, everybody, we have the responsibility to share Christ with the people around us. We don't need the public school to teach the Bible. We need to teach the Bible. We have a responsibility to share the truth of Christ with the people around us in our lives. Are you actively looking for people in your life who need the mercy of God? When was the last time you talked to your neighbors? Just because you knew they probably need Christ. I just found out today, actually, 
that one of my neighbors, uh, they, they own the house right next to me, and they were uh, a founding member in our church. I didn't know that. D- didn't know that. They don't live there, but I just found out that they own the house. It's incredible. Cool thing. Just the way God works. But uh, uh, just a, a few weeks ago, my wife, uh, she made uh, banana, or no, pumpkin bread. She made pumpkin bread for our whole block. I came home, and there were all these little loaves of pumpkin bread everywhere, and I thought, oh, it's going to be a good week. Uh, and then she said, no, no, we're giving those all away. And I thought, oh, really? Are we giving them all away? Are you sure? Um, and she said, yeah. And, and so she made stickers, and she put the stickers on there, and this is from the Howell House. And I said, you know, what, what's your plan in all this? And she said, well, I know that the, uh, I know that the Christmas uh, program is coming up, and so I thought, if I give them something now, and then I re-give them something in a month, they won't think, as, think it's so weird. I thought, wow. Looking for opportunities to share your faith with the people around you. Boy, I got a good wife, don't I? Amen. I wish it was my idea. It wasn't. It was hers. I just wanted pumpkin bread. Keep yourselves. Keep yourselves. Look for the mercy of God unto eternal life. Be constantly aware of God's mercy so that you'll share it with others. Do you ever reflect on what God has done in your life? Do you ever just take time to thank God for saving you for what he saved you from? Or for loving you in spite of what a wicked, rotten old sinner you are? If we do that, that'll change us. Now, now Christ has forgotten it. Okay, God has cast it into the depths of the deepest sea and separated it as far from us as the east is from the west. I, I love this. I, I found this out the other day and it was, I don't know, maybe you, maybe you knew this already. I didn't know this. Um, but if you look at a globe... If we said that God separates the north from the south, if you go south, eventually you'll go north. But if you go east, you'll always go east. You'll never reach west. It, it doesn't come back around. Same, same as the other way. You go west, you'll just keep going west. There's no end to west. It just keep, And I love that. Wow. We, we serve a God of infinity. And we already knew that, but it's, it, it's another level. It was incredible. Uh, just a great analogy of how God has separated us from the depths of our sin. God doesn't remember our sins against us, but it's good for us sometimes to remember them. Because it puts us in direct remembrance of the mercy that God has taken on our lives. Of the change that he's inflicted. The change that he's wrought, rather. And how different our lives would be without him. And if we will take a real look at the mercy that God has brought into our lives, I believe it will make us better Christians. I believe it will make us better soul winners. It will make us have a better testimony with the people that we work with. It will help us next time, that person, that frustrating person that we encounter weekly, daily, next time that we encounter them, we're going to remember they're not saved. And it's going to be a little easier for us to to treat them with the love and respect that Christ would if you were here. And it starts with encountering the mercy of God. Let's look at the next verse. Look at verse 22. The Bible says, And if some have compassion, making a difference. And so our third point here is to make a difference. We have, first of all, uh, to build up yourselves. Secondly, to keep yourselves. And thirdly, to make a difference. Make a difference. We have to do what we can to rescue others out of the snares of the devil. And we have a responsibility for those around us to share with them the truth of Christ. The truth of the cross. 
the love of Christ and all that he's done for us. We have that responsibility. Um, and we're, we're supposed to watch for and to reprove and set a good example for. You know, sometimes um, people need compassion. We're supposed to embody the compassion that people may need. And that means to, to have mercy on or to help those who are in need of aid. Uh, the Bible tells us, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You know, true compassion goes so far beyond being friendly. I've heard before, our church described as a friendly church. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to be friendly. It says to have compassion on, which is far different than friendliness. Friendliness smiles and says, how's it going? Good to see you. And keeps walking. Compassion cares about and loves, works, seeks to get involved in and inflict change in the lives of the people around us. Some need the compassion of Christ in order to make a change for Him. You know, everyone who comes in contact with our church should be awestruck by the love of Christ that we show. John fifteen twelve says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. We have a responsibility to show the love of Christ to the people around us. Verse 23 tells us, And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. We have to get an eternal focus for others. Uh, salvation starts with a person's sin. I, I've heard it said before that you can't, you have to get people lost before you can get them saved. You ever been there? Uh, trying to lead someone to the Lord. I, I was witnessing to a young man on our bus. Uh, this was a year ago or more, but... I was witnessing to him, and I sat down to talk to him and his friend who had both come to church, and I was talking to them, and I said, you know what sin is, and I was describing sin, and uh, the one boy says, oh yeah, instantly. He knew what sin was. He was familiar with the concept. And the other little boy, he says, I've never done that before. (laughs) Okay, all right, well, let's back up a little bit. And so I talked a little bit more about sin, how sin could be lying or disobeying your parents, right? I'm really going bottom shelf here, never done any of that. All right, well, are you willing to be quiet for a minute while I talk to your friend? (laughs) He just wasn't ready to get saved. Now, he was young, and and of course, I'm not going to try to talk a kid into making a spiritual decision they're not ready for. And he was obviously not ready, and so I talked to the young man that was ready. And so um, in our lives, though, uh, I've heard people say, you know, you've got to get people lost before you can get them sinned, or before you can get them saved. And so we have to have an eternal focus for others. Um, We need to show the reality of hell. We need to show the reality of sin. Uh, You know, in Acts, the Bible says God added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know, too often we we have a program type mindset in in our modern day Christianity that says we go out soul winning at certain times of the week. We have soul winning meetings where we then go out and we try to reach our community or we'll have big events a couple of times a year where we will try to reach out. And by the way, we do all of those things and I think those things are good. But as a church, and as a Christian, we have the responsibility to daily, to daily reach out for Christ. Every day you encounter people who need Christ. Not just on Saturdays, not just on Thursday night soul winning, not just on Tuesdays, not just on Mondays, not just on Sundays. We meet people daily who need Christ. Are you praying for them? Are you asking God for opportunities to reach out to them? Are you looking for ways to bring up church or what God is doing in your life? Sharing your faith, 
of the people around you. You may find out they're already saved. Praise the Lord. Exciting. Wow. Another brother or sister in Christ. Or you may find someone who wants to be saved. And praise the Lord for other situation. Lastly here in our verse, the Bible says, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And we see the last responsibility here is for us to deny our worldliness, our fleshly appetites. Uh, encourage us to keep ourselves from the, the utmost distance from what is or what appears to be evil. You can read more about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. I'm not going to get into that tonight. But we have a responsibility for the sake of ourselves, for the sake of those we influence, and for the sake of the Christians around us to abstain from sin, but also from that which looks like sin. That's a responsibility that we have. That's something that Christ calls of us. Now, you can get self-righteous and justify in your own life. This is okay for me because... But we have a responsibility for more than just us. We have a responsibility based on what Christ tells us. And if you want to read more about that, I, I highly encourage 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. You will, you will find what Paul says the truth is about our actions that we take, the things that we do, and how it should influence the lives of those Christians and other people around us. Something that, that seems like sin to someone else becomes sin for us because of how it affects the lives of the people around us. And God holds us to a high standard. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22 tells us to abstain from all appearance of evil. It sets a high standard, but it's something that we've got to work on. And so, we have these duties as Christians. We need to build up ourselves. We need to keep ourselves. And we need to work to make a difference. God's church can only be built on God's principles. You can't do it any other way. And those who have tried have failed. If you want Grandview to be the healthy, thriving church that I believe it to be today, but if you want that to continue tomorrow and to become better and stronger and to reach more for Christ and to do more for God in the coming year, we have responsibilities to do. We all have a part to play. And if you're a part of the body of Christ and you come here as a saved person, you've put your faith in Christ, you've trusted Him with your eternal home, and you know that you can't get to heaven on your own, welcome to the family. Now let's grab a shovel and dig in. We all have a work to do. So let's take our part. If we want Grandview to thrive, if we want Oregon City and the surrounding communities to, to be reached, for people to get saved and for lives to change, there are things that we have to do that we have to take personally to this, this exhortation to embody the standard as outlined in the book of Jude. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe tonight, something was said tonight that the Holy Spirit's been working on you about. Maybe an area of your life where you've been struggling or an area where you need to build up others. You've been tearing them down and you, and you need to build them up. Maybe a part of your life where you haven't been keeping yourself the way that you ought to and um, you haven't been uh, pushing that with that internal focus on others and, and making a difference in the lives of those that are around you. In whatever area tonight, I'm, I'm going to pray, and then when I'm done praying, the piano is going to play, and we'll, and we'll stand to our feet. If you have a spiritual decision to make when I've prayed, would you come to the altar and let God deal with you on it? Take a moment to pray. That's what our altar is for. It's a place for you to get your heart right with the Lord. Father, we love you. 
Lord, thank you for these great people, God, great Christians, coming to church on a Sunday night. Lord, they desire to serve you. They desire to hear from you. And God, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us, even when we're not listening. Thank you for trying. Lord, in any area of our life, God, where we're struggling, based on what the, the book of Acts says, and we haven't been praying like we ought to, or haven't been sharing our faith, have, haven't been keeping ourselves in your love, or, or looking for the, the work that you're doing, and, and the mercy of, of you, and sharing it with the people around us, God, in whatever area we're struggling, would you remind us of that this week? God, would you help us to recommit ourselves as we strive to follow you, as we follow the plan that you've outlined in your word about reaching people for you. And God, we'll give you the honor and glory for all that you do. In Jesus' name. If you would stand to your feet, the piano's going to play. If you have a spiritual decision to make, our altar is open. Let me encourage you to come and pray and, and just talk to God. God, we're so thankful for how patient you are, for the works that you do through us in spite of our unwillingness so often. And Lord, even as, as prodigal children, as we run astray, Lord, thank you for waiting for us, for seeking us out as you sought the, the, the one from the ninety and nine. And God, thank you for pursuing us even when we're not listening. God, in spite of our failures, thank you for using us. Lord, help remind us of your truth. Help us to be better lights for you. God, in every area of our lives and in, in, in every situation that we find ourselves, at work, in our communities, with our neighbors, with the people around us, and uh, the gas station attendants, and those who, who work at restaurants and coffee places, God, help us to be the lights for you that we ought to be. And we'll give you the honor and praise for the great work that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're going to watch a quick video, and then we'll be done. Giving Tuesday is coming up on November 29th. Starting on this nationally recognized day, we'll be raising funds for the Family Center. 
A large donor has promised to match the first $70,000 that comes in between November 29th and the end of the year. So mark your calendars to be a part of this special giving opportunity for our gym. The church office is preparing the 2023 personal tithing envelopes for our members. Could you help us in staying up to date with your giving envelopes? If you would take just a minute to stop by the welcome desk and let us know if you would like to receive a set of 2023 personal tithing envelopes or if you have received them in the past and would like to opt out due to online giving. And if we do not get a chance to hear from you, we will mark you as your preference was for last year. Ladies, it's here, our most anticipated event of the year, the Ladies Ornament Exchange. It will be Monday, December 5th at 6 p.m. If you have never been a part of Ladies Ornament Exchange before, here's what to expect. We'll all come to the church foyer on Monday night, and we'll have food and fellowship. Once we've all arrived, we'll make the ornament exchange into a game where you'll be given a number and have the opportunity to open an ornament or steal an ornament that has already been opened. Some ladies will even make their ornament an even more desirable by adding a service gift card, a bag of chocolate, or a candle. This year, we're also giving away a prize for the ugliest Christmas sweater. So, this December, bring an ornament to exchange, your favorite snack to share, wear your favorite ugly Christmas sweater, and join us for a great time of fun and fellowship. Don't forget to bring in your gifts from the Giving Tree. Our goal is to provide gifts for a special bus ministry Christmas party on Sunday, December 18th. Simply choose a label off our Giving Tree and buy an age-appropriate gift for around $10. Then attach the label to your wrapped gift and place it back under the giving tree or bring it by the church office by Wednesday, December 14th. Don't miss the musical Christmas program, Believe. Friday, December 9th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 11th at 11 a.m. This musical program features full orchestration as well as our adult, teen, and children's choirs. Join us for the special time of Christ-centered music for the whole family. Please note that our Sunday school time will be abbreviated to facilitate our musical presentation. There will be a shortened connection group period from 10 to 10.30 a.m. on this special day. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. One more thing I wanted to mention is this next Saturday is our churchwide outreach we do every month. So I want to encourage you to come out for a time of breakfast, and we'll get out. And what a powerful message by Brother Cameron. And let's kind of take that to heart this week as we go out day to day, but also on, on Saturday as well. And then one last thing I want to ask, um, Brother Mutcher, do you mind coming up and dismissing us in a word of prayer? And they've been traveling a little bit lately. And I thank God for his friendship and his love, his mentorship to myself. He's been a blessing. So maybe, I don't know if you want to share a word and then dismiss us in prayer. So. Well, we have been traveling quite a bit. We were in Albuquerque and then in Midland, Texas, the last two Sundays. Last Sunday in Midland, Texas, it was spitting snow, uh, so it's not always warm in the south. And then this next Sunday, we will be in Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina, and that's our last trip for this year, and I'm praising God for that. I get to be home and look forward to that. It's so good to be at this place and see God's continued hand of blessing upon our church. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for all that you gave us today. What a wonderful service this morning in the choir and the music and the monologue, dear Lord. It was so touching, so moving, 
and then the message so powerful and people getting saved and we're so grateful for that lord thank you for the message tonight lord brother cameron and how your hand of blessings upon his life and so many all of our staff lord good godly men and women and i thank you for them and lord i'm reminded of those even today that didn't get to come to church because they're feeling under the weather they've got this uh, bug that's going around Lord, would you comfort them? We love them. They couldn't meet with us, but they're still our family, and we love them. We thank you for them, and I pray that they will get to feeling better very quickly. Uh, Lord, thank you that we can gather as a family and go on a mission to reach this world for Christ as we go out of these doors, and we pray that we'd be um, the kind of Christians you'd want us to be and share you all around us. We thank you for this uh, wonderful day in Jesus' name. Amen.